Are you a road warrior? I am. And because I am, I have 10 road warrior rules that will make your next trip better when you take it. And you know what? Because I'm a road warrior too, I've noticed some things about driving down the road that are a lot like driving down the road of life. And that's what this episode is all about. This is Where's God? Finding Him in the Small Stuff. And I'm your host, Greg McCollum. I'm going to tell you a story. A story that will inspire you and help you move closer to God through the small stuff in your life. A story to give you a glimpse of God that will surprise you with its simplicity and amaze you with its message. I used to make my living as a traveling salesman, and virtually all of the traveling I did was on the road in a car. The longest trip I would have to take each year uh, was from Cincinnati to Houston, Texas, and back. Uh, I remember it well because it was a real long haul. On the first day, I would drive seven and a half hours from Cincinnati to Memphis. The next day, I was on the road for another seven and a half hours to get to Dallas. A day later, another seven and a half hours, four to get to Houston, and three and a half hours back to Austin. And I was having meetings all along the way. When I traveled back home, I would pull out of Austin and get to Little Rock 10 hours later, and on the final day of my trip, 10 more hours behind the wheel, and I was finally back home. If you do the math, the total comes to 42 and a half hours drive time during an eight-day business trip. That's an average of just over five hours, 15 minutes per day on the road for eight days in a row. (laughs) So I think as an official member of the Road Warriors Club, maybe you're a member too, but if not, let me give you some Road Warrior rules for the next time you are traveling in your car. Here are my top 10 rules. Number one, get there while it's still daylight. When you drive during the day, you can see so much more along the way, and uh, that really helps you stay awake. Number two, no matter how fast you go, someone else will want to go faster. To make you aware of this, they will get as close as possible to your back bumper, usually at the exact same time as an 18-wheeler pulls up beside you in the other lane, And uh, the guy behind you will blink his lights in your rearview mirror as if to say, Hey, bud, I own this road, not you, so get out of my way. Rule number three. If you find yourself chewing gum or ice or candy or cookies or chips or anything else to stay awake, it's time to pull off and take a break. 
The same is true if you're doing any of the following, sticking your hand or your head out of the window, turning up the volume on the radio to the approximate decibel level of a jet airplane at takeoff, or squirting water directly into your eyes from your water bottle. I mean, that's messy, but sometimes it's effective. Rule four, the worst places to stop for a bathroom break are rest stops, anywhere you buy gas, and any Cracker Barrel anywhere in the United States. I mean, come on guys, clean your bathrooms. Number five, the best place to stop for a bathroom break is any hotel lobby. Just go into the lobby, find the common bathroom that's in the lobby area, and believe me, you cannot go wrong. Rule number six, the best fast food to eat while driving? None. <laughs> there is no good fast food to eat while you're still driving your car. Number seven, the worst fast food to eat while driving? Any sub sandwich, anything on the Taco Bell menu, and anything that requires a dipping sauce. Rule number eight, the one thing you cannot live without when driving to an unfamiliar location is the GPS. Number nine, the one thing you should leave at home is your special travel coffee mug. I mean, sure, it's nice at first, but eventually it just gets in the way or ends up rolling around on the floor. And after a day or two or three, it really doesn't smell too good. <laughs> and finally, rule number 10. The one thing the call to start acting like 16-year-olds with a learner's permit is talking on their phone. Something else I noticed as I have driven down the road as a road warrior is that many things are hidden from view when you're driving down the highway. I mean, either purposely or accidentally, these things are just out of sight from the road. Houses are usually hidden by trees or by those man-made sound barriers along the road. Lakes are often hidden. Pools are hidden. Cotton fields seem to be hidden for some reason. Parks are hidden. Churches are hidden. Schools are hidden. On the other hand, some things are not so hidden and out of sight. Hotels are not hidden. McDonald's is certainly not hidden. Car dealerships are not hidden. Gas stations are not hidden. And believe me, Bass Pro Shops are not hidden. So it dawned on me as I was observing all of this that driving down the road in a car is a lot like driving down the road of life. In life, like on the road, some things are just better off hidden, while other things are better off not hidden. In life, we don't want to hide our accomplishments. We don't want to hide our new cars. We don't want to hide our expensive jewelry or our good deeds. And we certainly do not want to hide how much time we spend in church things. On the other hand, there are those things in life that we do not want to hide, uh, or, or, or that, that we do want to hide, <laughs> things we do want to hide. We do want to hide our age. We do want to hide our weight. We do want to hide our bank account. 
We do want to hide the real color of our hair. We do want to hide our driver's license pictures and how many credit cards we carry, our medications, our social security number, our high school graduation photo. We're really quite good at hiding things. So good, in fact, that sometimes I think we think we can hide things from God. Actually, we try to hide them by drawing God's attention to the good things, like the checks that we, we, we give to the church, uh, the bag of clothes that we drop off at the Goodwill, uh, the Get Well card that we sent to a friend. Look at these things, God. Shine your light on these, Lord. But what about the way we look at the pretty guy or handsome uh, guy or the pretty girl, the beautiful girl who lives next door? Do we want to hide that? What about the way we fudge the figures on our income tax returns? What about the promise to pray for someone which we never did? Or the little white... Or maybe your problems are much more serious. Maybe you struggle with addiction or abuse or adultery or anger. Actions that take place in the dark or behind closed doors or in other hiding places. Don't look at these, Lord. These just need to be kept in the dark. But you know what? Darkness and God do not go together. Look at the life of David in the Bible. There were so many things David did right. He faced Goliath when no one else would. He defeated the enemies of Israel. He brought the ark back to Jerusalem. He gathered raw materials to use in the building of the temple. Look at me, God, I'm sure David said. But there are also many things which David did that were wrong. He had an adulterous relationship with Bathsheba, and then he was responsible for the death of her husband, Uriah. Don't look now, God. Eventually, David came to realize that he could not keep his sins hidden from the Lord. It was futile and foolish to even try. So in Psalm 139, how he was feeling about all of that to God. He said, If I say, surely the darkness will hide me, and the light become night around me, even the darkness will will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. So isn't it time for you to stop trying to hide things from God? You need to take everything to Him. Confess. Ask Him for forgiveness. Whatever it is, it will be better in the light of His presence than in the darkness of your hiding place. In the light of His presence is forgiveness. And it is there and only there that you can find it. This concludes today's episode of Where's God? Finding Him in the Small Stuff. Did you know when Jesus was preaching and teaching, He never used words like justification, sanctification, glorification. He never used words like those to describe Himself, God, 
God's Word, salvation, heaven, or eternity. Instead, when Jesus talked about theological concepts, he talked about the small stuff of life. We call them parables today. He did that because his listeners could understand the small stuff. They were living the small stuff every day. It was through the small stuff that Jesus helped people move closer to God. There are going to be no intimidating, scary, or overwhelming theological words as part of this podcast. You'll just encounter things like cups of coffee, home repair, signs on the side of the road, roller coasters, and french fries, all revealing something unique about God who meets you in real life ways every day. Thank you.